You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find us on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to all of our different material, including articles about us, all of our shows, including Cinematic Adventures and MF Uncensored, and, well, you know, that's pretty much it. Yeah, a couple of articles, a couple of reviews, some good stuff on there. You should check it out. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me in the studio today is Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you today? I am doing swell, sire. How are you? I'm doing f- fantastic, is what I thought you were going to say. I was no, really I was, I was trying not to pun. And also, Rob. Rob, how are you today? I'm up past my bedtime. It's... 7.58 for those of you guys who don't know what time we're actually recording. <laughs> but we are here and it is another episode and we racked our brains for several 14 minutes or so. No, um, it was just four. I, I had a shelf, so I shelved my brains. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just I know I don't have shelves in the studio. I just huh? don't have brains. That's fair. <laughs> so we we wanted to do another character study. It is one of our more favorite uh Topics to tackle. We just did our top 10 uh, most anticipated, basically Rob's list of most anticipated <laughs> movies. And we and just critiqued. We go, just jumped in every once, every once in a while. So we wanted to continue with, I guess, another number-based episode. <laughs> and today we are talking the Fantastic Four. We're going to be talking a little bit about the comic history of the Fantastic Four. We're going to talk about, God, the movies. All the movies. All, ironically, four of the movies. The first and one was good. You have no uh, idea what you're God. talking about. <laughs> and we Ronnie are going to do it. The very first movie. Actually, the, the very, very first movie, I think, was back in the late 60s. But no. I guess that was the cartoon. No, so, oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Yes. And we will also talk a little bit about the Fantastic Four in the MCU because it is announced. And as of this week, there are a lot of rumors about potential casting. There's a lot of fan casting that's been going on. And Rob has a Krasinski. list. Yeah, we, everybody wants Sean Krasinski and Emily Blunt. We'll but, talk about that. And Rob definitely has a list of who he thinks should play. <laughs> what? No. It's probably so detailed, he has an actor for every one of the things Pebbles. Have you been pick, looking at my screen? Stop it. <laughs> no, I just know that I bring a lot of nerdy information, Ronnie brings a lot of structure, and you bring all the research. <laughs> I bring structure? <laughs> sure. It well, depends on how hungry you are and how fast you want the episode done. Are we done yet? Yeah, there it is. That's as fast as the last move should have been. Oh, rough, rough. <laughs> We're going to talk about fan four stick, yeah, unfortunately. But uh, before we do that, we do have a little bit of news. So, Rob, let's uh, get some news. Okay, so we've got uh, five bits of news this week. Let's talk the Batman for a minute. So, two things that have been released about the Batman. One we briefly touched upon last week was that it's rated PG-13, which is a little surprising just because of the level of... Not not necessarily the level of violence, but the the level of malevolence that seems to exist in it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's already Matt Reeves has already said he's modeled things after the Zodiac Killer. So you know, there's a strong like really sadistic vibe to this, and that it was PG thirteen is a little surprising. But okay, we'll we'll go with it. There have been some dark, you know, tough PG thirteen things out. And then they released the runtime for it. So currently, the official runtime, I don't know why I said currently, this is official, (laughs) is two hours and 57 minutes, which is, in case you were counting at home, just shy of three hours. 
that is a long, 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 long movie, which I believe it's the second longest superhero movie that we have. I think Endgame might have been longer. I don't know. I forget. But it is it is long it's the longest of the Batman movies, we know that much. Thoughts on it being as long as the Godfather, Ronnie? <laughs> Hopefully it's very Godfather esque with how great of a movie the Godfather was. If you want to hear more about that, check out Cinematic Adventures. Yeah, we just did that episode. <laughs> but we we were talking off air actually about three hour long movies and about as long as the pace is there and it's not just pace, but it keeps you involved and intrigued i'm okay with sitting down for three hours to watch it hopefully i am so worried Uh oh really well so let's backtrack the batman is my number one most anticipated film of the year it is the the thing that i am the most excited about and for me i just as much as i want a three-hour batman movie i'd rather it be a sequel because then I already because a lot of this is also going to be character establishments like you know obviously mm-hmm. we know who Batman is we know who Alfred mm-hmm. is but we have to reestablish all these characters in this brand new universe so it's going to be a lot of exposition to start off with yeah so, Timmy mentioned that well they do have a lot of ground to cover in this film you know with as many villains as there are so yeah, yeah nobody nobody not. really knows what the plot like we knew the plot involved the Riddler as kind of a Zodiac s character and that Batman has been around for about a year or two and he's still kind of on the outs with the Gotham PD that's what we knew yeah then we knew Catwoman was going to be in it then we knew that Penguin was going to be in it then we're watching the movie and it almost seems like there's a whole there's two different plots going on in this right. movie one is the Riddler and then one is I think the Penguin and Catwoman type I don't yeah question so, mark <laughs> question mark but I think I'd be more worried if I found out that the Batman was only going to be an hour and a half. So think of it that way. That That's a really... Because I remember when we found out like Carnage was an hour and a half. We're like, oh, no. Carnage was just a crappy movie. Yeah, and we'll yeah. say it. like As much as we wanted to defend it, and it does have some great moments in it, it is a bad movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so our next bit of uh, news is we have seen Batgirl. We have some pictures from the set, and we have seen her costume, and it is actually really comically accurate. Surprisingly, yes. Mm-hmm. The only time we've had a live-action Batgirl was... Well, scratch it. We had two live-action Batgirls. One was in the Adam West series, and <laughs> then, where she was introduced, and then Alicia Silverstone, where she was exceptionally over-sexualized oh. and just a terrible portrayal of the character. Oh, I forgot that she's Batgirl. And yeah. then there was one other yeah. one. This is an, a, a little, little gem. The show Birds of Prey mm. had... Barbara Gordon was in it, and they did do flashbacks to her in the costume. But this, this costume looks great. I, I'm all about it. I, I'm excited for it. Uh, there's been so many uh, like fan mock-ups or like fan art of Ben Affleck's Batman, uh, Robin from Dick Grayson's Robin from Titans, and this cost- okay. and this Batgirl like all standing together, and it's just like, man, the, the universe we could have had. Yeah. Oh yeah. But with, with Peacemaker being out, I'm I'm excited because Peacemaker's been, for me at least, a joy and a and a fun adventure. Any other thoughts? I'm just I like it when we get like the actual costumes from the comic books to give like a little homage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got some out there that probably need some little updating, you know, okay. stuff, but 
I'm excited to yeah. to yeah. see where this goes. Though I like the tones on, on yeah. the suit. I thought they were really neat. Oh, because they're they're pur- purples of an interesting color choice, and, and that's what back Batgirl is, has been purple. She's been she's worn gray, like she she's worn a lot of different colors, and it's a bold choice. Like mm. it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Did you just dodgeball over there? <laughs> is that what but, that was? Yeah, that was dodgeball. But like, it's like Ronnie said, some costumes they 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 don't translate well, and no. they need updating. And I think eventually it's it's hard to ever want to do a top ten live action costumes episode because costumes superhero costumes are only getting better. Yeah. Right. And yeah, think back to Superman's red underwear. Well, not even that. Like, I remember Smallville wanted to do the Justice Society of America, and mm-hmm. up until that point, Smallville was much more grounded in how they portrayed the costumed heroes and they did dr fate and they did yeah. him well and yeah. i remember seeing the first set photos and everybody's like oh god and then you see it in action yeah. and you see it with all of its finished effects and this and it looks great yeah there was a time where superhero costumes i mean we talk about adam west's batman that costume is rough but it's so nostalgic oh, yeah. it's so cool i mean just look at 1994 the fantastic four Oh God! We'll Stop talk about it. it. I know we're getting ahead of now ourselves. We looked that, he looked that up. But I mean, all right. So my other bits of news. So a surprise came out this week that apparently before the boys premieres, we're going to have a the boys diabolical, which is a sort of Tex Avery like cartoon series. Can you explain Tex Avery to some of the younger viewers, <laughs> please? Tex Avery was a an animator from like the fifties where he would have very exaggerated character movements where like the eyes would, you know, pop out of, of the character when they think were surprised of, with something. Think of, of the mask. The mask. Exactly. Think the of the mask. mask. Think of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. That's Tex Avery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So So this is Tex Avery with a tremendous amount of gore to it. You have animated children with laser beam eyes decapitating lots of people. Um, apparently they were told, you know, hey, we, we're going to give you this many episodes and you can do whatever you want with it. And they d- had no rules to this thing is from what I've heard. It's going to be eight episodes long. And the first episode premieres on March 4th. It seems to be, if I understand it correctly, a an on- well, of course, it's going to be an online exclusive thing. But it, <laughs> I guess it's through Amazon Prime. If it's through Amazon Studios, the boys. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. I'm surprised to me. I'm yeah. excited. We'll we'll definitely watch it. We'll check it out. We may not do a full episode on right. it, but we'll definitely when the boys season two comes out, we'll we'll bring it up. I yeah. think that'd be a good time to talk. Uh, about since it. you mentioned Peacemaker a minute ago, I just want to point out something that I have not written about it because I'm having trouble getting through the show. So, and this that's not a oh he doesn't like it. It's a every episode is it's great. I'm enjoying it, and I really want to put my you know two cents out there and let everyone know that you should check this out. But Every episode, I kind of have to walk away from for a while and just like Peacemaker. It's as a, a sh- lot. So producer Melanie and I have are up to date completely. We watched. We didn't watch all three episodes when they released at mm-hmm. at once. I think we watched one, then we took a break, then we watched two and three, but and then we watched the fourth one this week when it released. And like Rob said, it is they don't hold anything back, and it's very much. It's like a like a Harley Quinn, like a Deadpool. Like it is a lot to take in. Yeah. And it's constant bombardment of all your senses. Like there are times where I think I could smell this show. So I, I I would encourage you to check it out, but it is something that I just, because I had intended to do uh, week to week reviews and recaps. And I, I'm, I'm only two episodes in and there are four episodes out now. And also they released three episodes in the first day, which was kind of overwhelming. It's a lot. It is. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why the strategy, but anyway, my last two bit of news, 
all revolve around the same thing, and it revolves around Moon Knight. So let me get the first thing uh, out of the way because it is, of course, the, the, the saddest and most tragic. We have an actor, uh, his name, and I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this, I apologize, Gaspard Ulil, who is an actor on Moon Knight in the show. Uh, he plays Anton Mogart, who is Midnight Man. I don't know anything about the character. But uh, tragically, he died this week. Uh, he was 37 years old in a skiing accident, and and so that's going. This poll, you know, of course, it's horrible. But now this is a poll that hangs over uh, Moon Knight a little bit, and and it'll be very, you know, bittersweet to see him on screen. Of course, uh, he's not an actor I, I was at all familiar with. I'd seen some of the things he's done, but I none of it. I don't remember him from mm-hmm. any of them. He was in Hannibal Rising. He was in Paris Jetame. Uh, very long engagement. Oh, he was in Brotherhood of the Wolf. I saw that years ago. So, I, like again, he's not someone I remember, but he's he'll be in Moon Knight as a major character. But speaking of Moon Knight, the trailer for Moon Knight dropped this week during Monday Night Football for reasons. Yeah, and because it, um, ESPN is owned by Disney. Is that the reason? And also, it's the playoffs, so everyone's watching uh, that. Get that Disney Boku mm-hmm. bucks going, <laughs> and it looks awesome. Yeah, I cannot wait. I'm I'm excited. It's we have no clue what it's about. I'm I'm not familiar as, or as familiar with Moon Knight. I know his basics and yeah. I know kind of his mild origin story. I'm very yeah. I I'm I feel much better about it after seeing the trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because um, it it doesn't feel like a Disney Plus show. We we talked about it on our last episode, and we were like, well, we don't know anything about it right. other than who's in it. And then after watching the trailer, we were like. We don't know anything about it, but we know who's in it. <laughs> Which that's a good sign well, of yeah. a marketing department. It looks amazing. It is the I, I've read some of the Mood Knight, and, and from what I got from it is he's a very tortured soul, which comes across, of course, in the trailer. Yeah. It looks amazing. It looks so cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look like a television show, and it actually I got vibes of like Daredevil like violence to it also, mm-hmm. which yeah. is exciting. It doesn't seem Disneyfied at all. We didn't get much of a look at Ethan Hawke. All we've been told is he's He's very much like a very much Ethan Hawke, like a cult leader. Yeah. Uh, after a, oh David Koresh kind of character, I think he modeled it after. Mm-hmm. And Oscar Isaac is pulling in his A game with this. Some people are criticizing him having a British accent because apparently Moon Knight does not have a British accent, and he's doing like a Cockney kind of accent to it. But I, I have a feeling that's just to make show the distinction between the multiple personalities that yeah, he has. Yeah, for those of you guys him. who don't know, Moon Knight suffers from dissociative identity disorder where, you know, he he has different personalities and I think only one personality, Mark Spector is the actual Moon Knight and then he's got other ones. So, I I have no problem with that. I think I mean, I, I look at the movie like Split, and which we got we ha- we will eventually at some point talk about Unbreakable Split and Glass. No. I I love Unbreakable. Oh, Unbreakable is awesome, and Split is uh, Split is, is Split was a pleasant it's surprise. Trashy fun. Glass was just a train wreck. It has four good moments, and they were all in the trailers. But either <laughs> way, but like Split was a great example. James McAvoy was able to create so many different characters and so many different personalities, and I'm fine with it. I have no problem with him yeah. having the accent. Yeah, I I think it'll work. And and knowing Oscar Isaac, he is such a, a he's an amazing actor. So. I will also have to point out X Men Apocalypse. Which I do love him in it. It is just such oh, a bad with movie. him being in it. Yes, yeah. I, I forgot he's in it because you can't tell it's him. That that's another movie. Eventually, I, we have talked about the X Men franchise in this, and when we get closer yeah. to an actual X Men, anything, like, anything, <laughs> we'll definitely talk about some of the characters we want to see. But 
you know, Oscar Isaac does the best he can with what he has. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And the scene at Auschwitz is, is stellar, like the performances by both him and Fassbender. But otherwise, mm. it is a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. But any but other news? That wraps up this week's news. We'll we see you next week with more news. No, we still got the rest of the episode. Yeah, we got the oh, episode. Sorry, I was it. ready. But we'll take I a told quick commercial you it's break. I'll past take... my bedtime. All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and Rob's going to take a nap or have a raise energy. <laughs> but first, a quick break. Today's episode is brought to you by Raise Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Raise Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. All right, we are back back and we are now talking the fantastic four both in comics in film and in our hearts sure yeah <laughs> ronnie's too embarrassed because he was beatboxing as i hit record he didn't realize <laughs> that i was about to so the fantastic four first appeared in the fantastic four number one in 1961 created by stan lee and jack kirby arguably two of the most well-known comic book creators of all time mm. here's a fun fact that i'm dropping right away you guys ready Woo-hoo. for a fun fact immediately Let me put my fun fact helmet on i'm scared to think what he was going to say <laughs> his fun fact fanny pack I, why were his, all right yeah that was no, bad that i couldn't come up with anything else to start with i was that. about to say why are his pants off <laughs> but anyway that was actually pretty funny we should we should put that in a store and put that on our website what so what's fun your fact, fun fanny fact pack? that was a lot of yelling all at once <laughs> so in superman the animated series that aired i believe the early 2000s it was a it was a spin-off or not a spin-off but in conjunction with the batman animated series and the paul or the bruce dinney universe jack kirby was honored because the character of dan turpin was based off of him and dan turpin dies and at his funeral you can see some of the characters that jack kirby created mm. in this dc show you'll see reed richards is among the characters that are there so Fun fact, dropping it off hard. Putting that in my fanny pack. So, can I get? I'm going to get into how they were created. Hit it, yes. So years ago, and it's it's very unclear as to who got the original inspiration and idea because everyone sort of claims Stan Lee claims it, Jack Kirby claims it, a couple others do. But the story is that at the time, DC was selling really well with the Justice League of America. It was the most popular comic out there, and DC was someone from DC and someone from Marvel were out golfing. And uh, they they were talking about that, about how popular it was. And so the the Marvel person said, well, we got to figure out a way that we can counteract that. And so they decided to, what if we, what if, you know, we should do a team, some sort of a superhero team. And then they decided to come up with a family. Now, Stan Lee claims that he wanted to create somebody, a group of characters that he could identify with, that that were like him, that had similar foibles and similar character traits than than you know the average man that we would want to read about that and we can connect with. So he decided to create the Fantastic Four as this sort of like dysfun- slightly dysfunctional but ultimately caring for one another family, and it was hugely popular. It's easy to say that Fantastic Four is comics' first family, and it's sad because it really hasn't been done right, except maybe in the cartoon, and even then it's been a little bit goofy, so you know, we're very excited that it's going to be brought into the MCU because we'll finally get to see a good Fantastic Four, and I think that Hopefully. kind of previews a little bit about our thoughts of the previous Fantastic Four stuff. Your thoughts. Oh. Your my thoughts. thoughts. 
That was great. I didn't listen to any of it, but it was a really good <laughs> you job. Blink when he's done talking, so I know to talk. Ronnie didn't even know I was about to hit record. Wait, what? We're recording? Whoops. <laughs> so for me, like it, it's like Rob said, they wanted to create a family, and th- this is considered comic book's first family. And this is something that's been – the Fantastic Four were incredibly popular, and that's why it's such a shame that despite my love for the for two of the Fantastic Four movies, my guilty pleasure love – Guilty yeah. pleasure, love. It is a shame that we have not gotten the best representation of the Fantastic Four. Despite every time they're about to do a movie, they have all the best parts working for them. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But we're going to we're going to very quickly just mention characters. So there's obviously the main four, the yes. Fantastic Four, that include Mister Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, formerly the Invisible Girl. The Human Torch and The Thing. Now, Mr. Fantastic, he's the leader. He's genius-level intellect because, God, there are a lot of geniuses in comic books. I would argue that there are more Marvel geniuses than, or better-known Marvel geniuses than uh, DC geniuses. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the DC geniuses are villains. I I, I wouldn't argue with that. While in Marvel, a lot of your geniuses are the... Heroes. No, no, you've got Doctor Doom and and Doctor Ock, and just because they're doctor doesn't mean they're a genius. Really need to tighten up on the requirements in the doctorate program in the Marvel. <laughs> I didn't go to f- evil medical school for four years to be called Mister <laughs> Doctor Evil reference. Yep, You're I was going to say Doctor Evil. Now here here's my issue with Mister Fantastic. His ability is he's completely elastic. His body can do all sorts of shape shifting yeah, and morphing, okay. and they make that joke in the Fantastic Four yep. movie, which is even better. And it is incredibly difficult to translate on onto screen. It mm-hmm. is so incredibly difficult to translate. They They've did done... it with Ralph Digby. Dig Digby. Yeah, but even that no was flash. to mixed results. Yeah. And yeah. as bad as Fan Four Stick was, they had a better idea of what to do with it, and it was mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, that could also be a product of the times. You know, yeah. technology has improved, but he is a very difficult character to do yeah and every time they do him too they don't really lean much into the genius science curious kind of aspect they did it better with the fantastic four the and the size of the silver surfer they did better with that a little bit where you know and we'll talk about that but we have uh, the invisible woman who her power is she doesn't exactly turn invisible she creates force fields that generate a kind of invisibility as their secondary effect yeah you got the human torch who can light himself on fire Uh, again the Fantastic Four and has fly. two and fly, two big catchphrases: uh, "Flame on" by the Human Torch and mm-hmm. "It's clobbering time" by the Thing. And the Thing, Benjamin Grimm, He's made a out rock. of made out of orange <laughs> rocks, and strength rivals that of the the Hulk. He's been in a lot of great stories where apparently he doesn't age. And they mm-hmm. did one where you know he outlived the entire Fantastic Four, and he was you know still roaming around hundreds of years from now. So those are your main four. But Ronnie, I do believe you have a list of some other characters that have appeared in the Fantastic Four. I do, but back to the thing. He was even a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy at one point, too. Yes, the a lot of... Fun fact for your fanny pack. It's going to be a thing now. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're welcome for starting that. Nobody said thank you. But so some other recruits they had was Crystal. I have no idea who that is other than she was part of Inhumans. We don't talk about the Inhumans. Uh, you also had Medusa, another Inhuman. Oh, you started with two. Uh, you had Luke, Ch- Luke Cage, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, Ant-Man, Storm, Black Panther. I mean, there's... So many things, and obviously another big name is Spider-Man, but there's numerous other ones that, again, they're a bunch of, like, not really 
big name other than their kids. You had Franklin Richards or Powerhouse and then Valeria Richards, who was Brainstorm. Now, fun fact for your fanny pack. <laughs> for uh, for Spider Man. Stop saying that. I'm going to just say it until Ronnie actually makes the store for, for the website because that is something we are working and on. I'm going to make a fanny pack and it's going to say <laughs> fun <laughs> fact on the front of it. I, I would be okay with it, actually. But Spider Man tried to join the Fantastic Four thinking that they got paid because he was yeah, trying to make money. Not really. So when he first tried. Because the Avengers don't pay you. Yeah, but he did. He did join with the. Well, that in the comics they do. Well, focus. <laughs> but he and Human Torch became very close friends, and then mm-hmm. Spider-Man actually joined what was called the Future Foundation, which was the Future Foundation was like a a sequel to the Fantastic Four, the same FF, same kind of team setup, but it was more like the Fantastic Four Incorporated, basically. Kind of like how Batman did Batman Inc. in the comics, where it was like Batman in different cities. The Future Foundation was kind of their idea to do that. So with very cool white suits. Very nice. And I think it is still around. So, But all science-based superheroes. Now, we also have one of the most iconic Marvel villains, or comic book villains in general, and one that has not gotten his due, and one that is fans are clamoring for in the mm-hmm. MCU, and that is Victor Von Doom, a.k.a. Doctor Doom. We need Doctor Doom in the MCU so bad. We don't have any delicious villains. Especially after <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home, mild spoilers, they established that Norman Osborn, as far as we know, does not exist in... The Marvel Cinematic no. Universe. Yes, they specifically say Correct. nobody knows who this Norman Osborn is, which is a, such yeah. a missed opportunity. Such mm-hmm. a such a not. They could always work around that, though. I mean, you know, Marvel does do their retcons. Well, yeah. I mean, think about all the people that don't know who we are, which is a lot of people. We had really good listenership. <laughs> but um, doesn't mean um, my point being though is just because they don't know us doesn't mean we don't exist. That's fair. That's totally yeah. fair. I'm very curious because you know. In Spider-Man: Far From Home, the Avenger or in Homecoming, the Avengers Tower was sold, and we still have not found out who bought Avengers Tower. And a lot of the rumors were the Fantastic Four bought it to make it the Baxter Building. Kang, Kang was another one. Yeah, because um, he even says, "I, you know, I own a building." Kingpin was another Kingpin. one. I want to say Doctor Doom, and then Oscorp Industries was like another. Mm. Like those were the biggest mm-hmm. theories. So. Again, Marvel Marvel is very good at planting their seeds and then, you know, watering their whatever they feel needs to and then eventually it does come to fruition. So we can only hope and dream and believe. <laughs> we also have Franklin Richards, who is the son of uh, Reed and Sue Storm, one of the most powerful mutants ever in existence. Mm-hmm. I believe his power was he could reshape reality at his will. He's an Omega-level mutant, one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. Mm. So those are your main cast members. There's a ton of supporting cast members that we can get into. You know, Ben Grimm has a girlfriend named Alicia who's blind. Like, she's a great character in her own right. But we're here to talk about the Fantastic Four and seeing them on the big screen. Now, we are going to very, 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 very briefly mention the first Fantastic Four film. Ooh, can I do it? Sure, Rob. Oh, yes. Okay. He so. raised his hand just so everyone knows. <laughs> so the very first Fantastic Four film goes back to 1994, where executive producer Roger Corman owned the rights to them. 
And the story goes is that the rights were going to expire unless you did something with them. So he threw together like a cheapy kind of quick, I got to do something with this before the rights Mm -hmm. expire. And he made the Fantastic Four. I think he made it for like a million dollars or something. Now, if if you don't know Roger Corman, look him up and you're welcome. He is... First of all, he's still alive, which I just learned. He is going to be 96 years old this coming April. He has 515 executive producer credits to his name. He is a powerhouse of generating product. Very, very cheap product, just to go through some of the titles here. You've got Death Race. You've got Blood Fist 2050. I'm just picking it random here. Firefight, Escape from Afghanistan, Nightfall, The Phantom Eye, The Haunting of Hell House. So you kind of get a sense of the type of movie he's making. And also he made... Thankfully, the Toxic Avenger, which have we seen the Toxic Avenger? Seen bits and pieces of it. Bits and pieces of it? No. All right, so that that might be your next assignment is to see Toxic Avenger, and then we have to review that. Only if both of you see James Gunn's Super. I've seen it. Okay, you're good. You need to see it, Ronnie. You've seen it? I I wanted to do Super in accordance with Peacemaker because it is very similar. Yeah, now that you mention it. Yeah, but anyway. But Roger Corman, he made this, and he did it. Now, if you watch it, first of all, it's it's not a it's a terrible movie, but it's gloriously charming in how terrible it is because it's very much has that. Do you remember the original Ninja Turtles movie? I mean that that's where they got the things costumes. Yeah, from. like like it is kind of like that same feel. No, you know it. what they did was they took all the skin off of you is know he, like you he's know just making this up. No, as no, he's no. Going along. So you know like when you see models of humans like all muscle. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? When Instead I look of in the skeleton? Mirror. Yeah, when I look in the mirror. That's basically what they did. It was They got the turtle look. They took the skin off, so it was just showing the muscles, and that's what the thing's He's costume looks like. Stuff up. So I would like to put on the record <laughs> that Ronnie knew nothing about can this movie before we started recording, but he's so good, he can, learned about can it. Can we cut Ronnie out and post like from the show? Your microphone actually hasn't been on <sighs> this whole time. <laughs> so I'm anyway, the one that makes the show. <laughs> it's... The movie has see here's the thing about the movie is it is cheap looking and everyone has like leotard costumes mm-hmm. but I would argue that it actually has more heart in it than any of the other fantastic because, four so, movies and I'll I'll explain why the cast had no idea that this was just literally to it's it's called an ashan copy I believe is the term yeah. where it's literally just a copy made just to keep the rights. Oh yeah, yeah. So they weren't expecting it to do. They want to it's to establish trademarks, and yep. it, that's yeah. the typical term for it. So they th- they went on a promotional tour for this movie that was never Aww. released, and the movie did come out. There were bootleg copies that that yes. have surfaced over the years, and you can you can watch it in its entirety. And it should be pointed out, as Paul is hinting at here, it was never actually released to theaters. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, or to an out. actual official home video. Right. So it's it's interesting now because now Disney just buys the companies that have the rights. So for those of you guys who don't know, Marvel Studios went through so many bankruptcies. Like in all honesty, Marvel and DC are kept afloat by their movies and TV at this point. Not even mm-hmm. their comics. Even even the most recent issues of Superman are doing horrifically and Batman's mm-hmm. still their their only profitable comic book, you know? Comic books are a dying medium, and it's and it's unfortunate because we have so many sources of entertainment that unfortunately, and this is you know Rob can attest he works at a school, kids are reading less. Yeah, 
they're, they're, the physical media is just not where it was. Right. And know? it's good that you said physical because the digital media is still, you know, there's all sorts of comic book subscriptions you can get for $10 a And month the problem and, is, because yeah. people ask me, I want to get into comics. How do I do it? I go, who are these people? <laughs> no, like seriously, I, I've had people that like I talk to and right. they're like, I want to get into the comics, but I don't yeah. know where to start. And even I'm who, like I tell people, start with Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then go go to your Barnes and Nobles, go to your your bookstores that are still around and buy graphic novel collections. Buy buy full stories. Like as we're sitting here, I have The Amazing Spider-Man: The Alien Costume Saga. It's literally like 12 comics oh, put yeah. together. Get like Batman Year 1, which is a, a four-issue run. Something where it's a composed like a, a complete story in itself or or like The Long Halloween or something like that. So, going back, what happened was Marvel had to sell the rights to all their characters because they couldn't afford to make their own movies. That's why Fox had the X-Men and the same thing happened with Daredevil. Daredevil had, they had to make a Daredevil movie every so, every so many years mm-hmm. until they lost the rights. And that's what happened. Now Marvel has the rights. I know that there was a lot of other stuff going on with them. It was like, we'll buy this character from you. Like they had a lot of back, back alley deals going mm-hmm. on, but that's why they keep rebooting Spider-Man and why right. they keep Spider-Man keep going it. because otherwise they lose the rights. Yeah. So, that's nothing new. This was the first big instance yeah. of it. In fact, mm-hmm. actually, well, I would actually argue it's almost the second big one because four years previously, same people, Roger Corman, same sort of properties they did with Captain America. Right. When they had Matt yeah. Salinger doing uh, <laughs> the fake uh, ears. Yeah, that was really bad. And, <laughs> and, and the that, Italian Red Skull. And that one might actually be way worse than this. And they made yeah. two of them. At least with this Fantastic Four, it's like. There, you, you smile when you watch it. You know it's not good, but I would encourage you to seek it out and, and, and watch it because it is something that is just – it's a bygone era, yeah. and, and it's very clear that everyone was trying their hardest here. I did like uh, Dr. Doom's uh, Wolverine claws. Oh, yeah, with his little uh, needles there. <laughs> Roddy's just watching trailer. I know. <laughs> he's, just, he's just learning about this. But anyway, we'll go now. We'll go up to the 2005, I think, uh, Fantastic yes. Four. Yes. So this was Classic. 2005 was the weird time where you had your X Men yep. that blew mm-hmm. up the box office. You know, they say it in uh, what is it, Chains on the Bob Strike Back? Ever since X Men hit be- hit big at the uh, box office, X Men was the movie that proved that comic book movies can be done mm-hmm. well and done yes. with respect and and be profitable. So everybody wanted a comic book movie. This is this is where it really started. And we have Fantastic Four, that's all it's called, Fantastic Four, 2005, starring, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his first name right. I'll just go with Ian. It might just be Ian. Ian Gruffold, Jessica Alba, Chris Evans, Michael Chiklis, and Julian McMahon. Which, okay, right there is the dated thing, because Julian McMahon is such a product of the mid-2000s. So is Michael Chiklis. This was was during the the height of The Shield for Michael Chiklis and Mm -hmm. Nip Tuck for... um, I was a big Nip Tuck fan I was. Why do I not know this about you? You and I need to have a conversation, (laughs) because I loved Nip Tuck. I was really into it for a few seasons, and then it got goofy, but... Nip Tuck reminds me, it's like the... The rated R version of Glee, where it started yes. off, like started off really quality. Well, I think Ryan Murphy's attached to both of those, and two. that's yeah. well, that was my, you know, yeah. my my thing about it, <laughs> and it, it just got off yeah. the rails. But anyway, it had the the makings of everything it needed. The, mm-hmm. the cast was was on point. I don't, yep. I didn't know Ian Gruffold that well. Obviously, I knew Jessica Alba because I was a teenage boy in two thousand five. <laughs> 
she she was and still is a sex symbol. Like yeah. she really is. Obviously, she stepped away from acting and she does her own thing. She's worth billions of dollars on her own, which you know, great for her. Chris Evans was Chris Evans, like, and he still is Chris Evans. And yeah. this was the the peak Chris Evans of the silly Chris Evans. Not another teen movie. Not another teen movie. Michael Chiklis I knew from The Shield, but I never watched it, and I was a huge fan of Nip Talk. I just found out how to pronounce it. It's Yoan. So Ian Gruffold is in this movie. <laughs> no, Yoan Gruffold. We will do our very best. He He's another actor, though, that I've seen in other things after, um, and I really do enjoy. Yeah, I saw him. It was in a, a CW show. It wasn't a CW show. Uh, or WB um, show or WB online or something like that. And, and uh, we, Lauren really wanted to watch it. Yeah, uh, where he keeps dying he keeps and he's dying immortal. dying and coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all about it. And That's he's fine. he's. It wasn't a very good show. But we were glad that we saw it. It was called Forever, and it was yeah, it was just that where he was Henry Morgan, and he was like working for the police, and he was trying to. You see, you can you can actually watch. It's, it's only okay. one season. Yeah, but he was also in Glee. A very Paolo San Pablo. Yeah, very briefly. <laughs> he was in uh, Horrible Bosses. He has a great yep. cameo in it, and it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. But he's another actor that, like, I've seen in other things that he's, I do enjoy. He's dependable, but you also know what you're going to be getting from yeah. him, too. And, and it's what you get isn't necessarily going to be Reed Richards. He, he's, he's done a lot of voice work. That's what yeah. it is. He's Batman, got, the Brave and the Bold. He's been an American Dad, Family Guy. Yeah, he's been, he's been around. Stuff. Really, the only thing that came out of this movie, I would argue, that was any good was Michael Chiklis as Ben Grimm. So let, yeah. let's start there, because there is huge arguments being made about... The use of practical effects, right? Mm-hmm. If you guys have listened to our shows, whether it's here or especially Cinematic Adventures where we talk just purely movies and, and movie magic and stuff like that, when we talked about the Star Wars prequels on Cinematic Adventures, we talked about there was something missing in the fact that the practical effect it was so much CGI. I think that the thing should always be practical. Mm-hmm. There's just something, something tangible about it. And Michael Chick, say what, again, say what you will about the, these movies. The cast does a very good job. Jessica Alba, she's not there for her acting. I hate okay. to say it. I'm yeah. not trying to be misogynistic or anything. No, I, actually, I would argue, and I was reading about this today, that all four actors are very solid. Mm-hmm. It's the material that they're a given thousand is horrible. Percent. In fact, with Sue Storm, she never really get like she never gets to display her abilities very much only occasionally and most of the times it's always in an embarrassing way that she's like Mm -hmm. because they objectify her yeah Yeah. she's always naked like it's it's that sort of thing because that's what i mean back then sex sells it still does unfortunately i hate to say it sex still sells it's it's the biggest marketing gimmick that there Mm -hmm. is but for me like this movie the only person who I who I really, especially at the time, I didn't care, but now knowing right. the character, I do. Julian McMahon is a terrible Doctor Doom. Oh, he's awful. Oh God, Doctor Doom, and unfortunately, and I'm guilty of this. I didn't know enough about Doctor Doom going into this, and then I read up on Doctor Doom, or I watch uh, Death Battle. Death Battle is a great yeah. series where they where they break down characters and have them actually battle royale it. And they talk about Doctor Doctor Doom is such a terrifyingly awesome villain, and just an awesome character, yeah, yeah. and complex and powerful and all these things. Not Julian McMahon. I like Julian I McMahon. Know, yeah. I really do like Julian McMahon, but he was terrible. The rest, of the, the the four themselves, cool, solid, mm-hmm. all about it, and it, it was fun. Like some, we'll talk about some of the good stuff because otherwise we'll just trash this movie. <laughs> when they first are like discovering their powers, and like you know Johnny points out that's yeah. gross to write yeah. Reed's hand and all that stuff. 
I enjoy it. And I still, I, there's a lot of cheesy fun, especially like the montage where he's messing with Ben and, yeah. you know, like Reed reaching for the toilet paper. It's all yeah. goofy. <laughs> yeah, it's all like goofy fun. It is. But, I, I will say, yeah, I rewatched it when Timmy was like maybe seven or eight, which is the perfect audience for this film. And it's because it is. It's it's goofy. It's it's simple. It's and there's the plot isn't very complicated either. So you're gonna get what you're gonna get. But the movie's not going to be that good then. Also, fun drinking game for this movie. Oh no! Take a drink every time Victor's scar changes size. <laughs> really? So yes. in, in the comics, Victor Von Doom gets horribly scarred. Originally, it was because of uh, him and Reed were working together on an experiment, and it goes awry when Victor's like, "No, we're gonna do it," and Reed's like, "No, it's not safe." Very typical, like, you know, Lex Luthor losing his hair, that's that sort of thing. Yeah. In this movie, Victor has one scar because it's Julian McMahon. He, it, that's why also he can't cover his face for most mm-hmm. of it. Same with the second movie. He's got one scar on his temple that changes size throughout <laughs> the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. But there is one scene I want to talk about because it is one of my favorite scenes. They do a great job in this movie showing how miserable Ben Grimm is and how much this takes yeah. a toll on him. There's a scene where he goes into a bar, and it's his local bar in his town that he's gone to probably every weekend for years, him and his and his girlfriend slash wife or whoever she is, I believe wife. And he goes to sit down on the bar stool, and it shatters underneath him, and he falls, and people start laughing. And the bartender yells at all of them that, like, hey, that's Ben Grimm. He's the first one of anybody from Brooklyn to go to space. You show him some respect. Yeah. He's a hero. The, the scenes like that in this goofy movie, they feel really out of place. But like I still watch it and I, and I get chills. I'm like, that that yeah. is the kind of, that mm-hmm. is a perfect scene for the I, thing. I blame the director. I'm looking at his, the director oh, is Tim Story. Tim Story, and I'm looking at his other stuff that he's done here, and it's a lot of like Ride Along. He did. Ta- <laughs> I like Ride Along. I, I did, don't yeah. even Ta- Taxi with Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. Oh, man, I remember that one um, too. Yeah, there's a lot Rough. of terribleness in here. He's he did Ride Along too. He's currently working on Ride Along three and Monopoly. I think like a man. What is it? Monopoly. <laughs> He's doing the Monopoly movie. A lot of stuff with Kevin Hart. Uh, Shaft Barber Shop. I and, think Kevin Hart should be the next thing. And here's the thing is that, you know, I know I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but the next Fantastic Four movie is already being directed by John Watts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, you know, he's got a proven track record with the Spider-Man trilogy. So, like, it, it gives me more hope. For and also it. the Marvel sniper rifle behind him going, this is the movie you're <laughs> yeah. going to. So, any last thoughts on this first one before we move on? It's, do we want to do Star City ratings or just... We could do a quick we Star City, City rating. City rating. This is a three for me. We didn't do a Star City rating for Fantastic Four 1994. You guys haven't seen it. It's unreleased. (laughs) I Um, I give this one a three. It is, like, and not in quality, but just in just pure, I'm going to make my popcorn. I want some comfort food right now. Like, this is my, this is just like a goofy good time, but it it has a lot of heart. It's the same thing. The cast give it their all. There's a lot of heart to it. There's some great scenes in it. There really, really are. It's just, this was also during that time where comic book movies were still trying to find their feet. Yeah, this is before Batman Begins, I Mm -hmm. believe. Same year. Yeah, same year, which is sad. And before Marvel was a household name in terms of like the MCU, so. Yeah. I will give it uh, two and a half stars. Completely average, right down the middle of the road. Yeah, it's it's not painful. It's just... There are cringeworthy moments to for it for me, and I I'm just uh, it's it's inoffensive, but it's not hurtful. Mm-hmm. Ronald, I'm gonna go with a three as well. You know, I. But it's, it's a Marvel movie, Rob. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a 20th Century Fox movie. <laughs> 
It's Marvel property. Marvel. Yeah, legacy. so is Daredevil and Elektra. <laughs> I'll argue that one. Gems. Day. No. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, I would definitely give it a three. It's slightly above average. In my head, I'm sitting here going, Star City rating, because the next movie we're going to talk about, I'm like, was this better? Was it equal to than Sil- Rise of the Silver Surfer? So oh, I'm like, I, I was trying to. On that one. I was trying to, like, set a score so i know how to score the next movie so that's but, that's fair you know but again Thanks. it's got plenty of issues but it also has a lot of heart behind it yeah thankfully i have on imdb i put in my rating so this rating is from when i previously <laughs> did it and I, so i know exactly how i feel with uh, the next fantastic four so let's talk about fantastic four rise of the silver surfer uh, Not it, Rise of the Critics score. No, it came nope. out uh, two years later because, because this was a sort of hit. Fantastic Four did well. It, it yeah. on a budget of uh, I don't even I don't have the original up, but uh, oh, it, it did well enough that they you know obviously they they wanted to do a sequel. Yeah, I will defend this movie to the end budget, of my life. Budget, okay, according to IMDb, it says budget it. of a hundred million for this one or for the, the first one. And how much did it make? Uh, three thirty. Three thirty-three worldwide, one hundred fifty-four in America. So yeah, I mean, it did well. Yeah, that was good yeah. enough to warrant a, a sequel. Yeah. Now, I will defend this movie. Oh. I will defend. I will defend it with all my heart. So go ahead then, defend this because I think it's way worse than the first one. So Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. This was them setting up their own universe. They were ready to do it. I will not defend Galactus in this movie oh, under God, any circumstances. No. <laughs> so. This movie, the problem that we run into, first of all, the surfer looks fantastic. And and Lawrence Fishburne has just the right gravitas to deliver the voice with him. The four, basically, you know, Reed and Sue are trying to get married and they're dealing with the superhero life. I enjoy that kind of, because we very rarely get to see, usually when we see superhero life interfering with the normal life, it's more the, here's my secret identity. Here's the people that don't know. And here's how it's affecting my normal life because they don't know that I'm this secret identity. That's the usual. Right. And Fantastic Four, they're not about secret identities. They're all about celebrity status. And and that's another interesting concept, that they are celebrities, and they don't want to be. And they tackle that. Well, except for Johnny. Johnny loves it. And the opening scene's hilarious, you know, with him. Like, he takes out the new uniforms, and they got all the logos on them and stuff like that. That's all fun, like, good stuff. It Again, it falls into pacing. It falls into structure. And... It, it does fall flat. I'll, I'll admit it, but I think we see growth from the characters. We get to see some emotional moments. I love the scene where Johnny takes all of their powers and just rocks Victor. Because <laughs> again, that, yep. and that's another very Victor Von Doom thing to do. Oh, this cosmic entity's here, and his power is coming from that. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take the power. That's Victor Von Doom to a T. I will also defend in this movie one of my favorite scenes is when the surfer comes flying by when they first see him and Reed looks at Johnny. He's like, Johnny. And he's like, this is Dolce. Yeah. Still one of the best, <laughs> best It is lines. a good chase. Uh, when oh, it's he a great chasing, the tunnel yeah. And everything. Mm-hmm. But the, the movie has almost no plot to it. It's really just them trying to get married. But so the the plot the main plot is that yes the subplot is that there are all these disturbances happening around the world and nobody knows why and it turns out to be the Silver Surfer the Silver Surfer in the comics is the Herald of Galactus right. mm-hmm. oh Galactus <laughs> so the idea was first and foremost they were not sure that they could translate 
Galactus properly to the screen. Mm-hmm. Understandable. He is. A, it wasn't until Eternals that we actually got a Celestial in his full glory. Right. Even Ego, the living planet, they gave him a human persona. Yes. So I get that, especially back in 2007, where they hadn't done anything like that yet. Also, they wanted to save him for a Silver Surfer movie and show him in his glory. They could have done something though in the last shot where the Silver Surfer finally gets rid of him. I will. I will not. I will concede that point. I can't defend the Galactus no, stuff. The Galactus no, Galactus is pretty bad. I understand the reasoning, but the execution is rough. Any other thoughts, please, somebody? <laughs> Silver Surfer looks great. Silver Surfer's got a really good backstory to him too that they didn't really lean much into. You know, the idea that he's a scientist from his own world, and, and he's, he's doing this to protect his planet. Right. Yeah. yeah. Very little exposition at the very end, and yeah. it's only because Sue Storm reminds him of his wife. I think the Fantastic Four rocket multi-ship, whatever that thing is, was <laughs> shoehorned in there horribly. For toys, but also toys. as... Yeah. It is a nod and a wink to the Fantastic Car in the comic book. And, of course, you know, Jessica Alba in her horrible blonde wig in this one. It's so, rough. Yeah, it's Not bad. as rough as the next movie. And it's sad because it seems also as if the actor... Well, specifically Jessica Alba and... and Yohan Gruffel don't seem to be having as much fun anymore. Here's the curious thing about because they're about to get married. I know. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Here's the curious thing about this, which I don't understand, and and so maybe one of you can help explain it to me. It, the budget was 130, which is higher than the first one. That's mm-hmm. fine, as per usual. It opened almost exactly the same, and it grossed almost the same worldwide and in yes. America it grossed 301 which first sequel that's pretty typical you know you usually come down a little bit so why wasn't there a third mostly negative critical reaction uh, was that yeah. mostly negative fan reaction because you know again this was the time where everybody was trying to find their legs 2007 yeah. like we we had just gotten the I think the dark knight dark knight was 2008 yeah, yeah okay so we yeah. were right we were right about to hit that and iron man yeah. in the same year that was year. also 2008 yeah right? So I think it just it didn't do enough for them. I mean, you look at because especially look at X Men. X Men had huge box office returns for all right. of its sequels, even The Last Stand, which was yeah, it was bad. Yeah, like did. But don't worry, they'll they'll do it right with Dark Phoenix. Oh wait, <laughs> twice, twice they ruined the Dark Phoenix. All right, why would you trigger me like that? But um, it it's unfortunate because I did enjoy. Rise of the Silver Surfer. I think they improved a lot on some of the things that from the first movie. The effects looked better. Yep. Like the Human Torch looks. The Human Torch looked fantastic in both movies, yeah. and you know the thing still yeah. looks great. I, I, I definitely think Reed Richards took a big backseat in this. Oh movie. yeah. Again, I think, I think this just suffers from a lack of good material for the script. That it's it's very underdeveloped. Everyone is very two dimensional, mm. and and there's no there's no plot. There's no plot. This you know we're, we're trying to get married. Oh, there's a Silver the, Surfer. There was also no emotion no. in this very too. Little, you know, yeah. I mean, you're about to get married, yet there was no chemistry between Jessica Alba and that other guy, Mr. <laughs> Yoan, Mr. Crawford, right? You, you know, like. You would think they would have some sort of chemistry or anything no. like that. And there was absolutely no chemistry. No so it, was, it didn't make it believable that, you know, they were getting married. And it just seemed like the cast didn't actually want to do no. the movie. But it, again, it, Michael Chiklis 
just nails it. He yes. just it, he's the heart of all of this and he just he he understands Ben Grimm probably better than any of these actors mm-hmm. understood their own characters. Star City rating for Rise of the Silver Surfer. A solid 2 out of 5 cuz it's not good. It doesn't it's not painful to watch, but it is still something I will avoid. Okay. Right. I'm going to go with a two and a half. Mm. I think it's a little bit further down than the previous one, Fantastic Four, in, in a way. You know, I think what brings it down is you're introducing, like we say, Galactus, and you like there was nothing to him. You know, like you got him, he was horrendous as you know we alluded to earlier and everything but i just i don't know if i had to choose which one i'd rather watch i would choose fantastic four over this one but i do i think the fact that they did introduce silver surfer was the best thing they could have done and i got a question for you who's the better silver surfer out of who out of all the ones it's the only one that's been in a movie. But, no. <laughs> I'm well, in a movie, but I'm talking about just in general. Do you... Because he's been... They've had other media with him. He had his own show, which was which was watchable. I think the, the only problem was Galactus was completely CGI <laughs> in yeah. that show. And it, that, that was very jarring against the hand-drawn animation. He also had one of the most difficult video games you will ever play <laughs> in your entire life. See, Ronnie yeah. thought he was going to trip me up with this, but I was ready ish i i do enjoy his his animated show does that animated show was in the same time frame mm-hmm. as the iron man animated show around the same time as the x-men the fantastic four or the hulk show so it, it always will hold a special place in my heart but mm-hmm. I, I i will say that a he looked fantastic especially for a mostly cgi character with some body capture and Lawrence fishburne's just dulcet tones man yeah I would argue that the best Silver Surfer is from Superhero Squad. Oh yeah, you would. <laughs> which, yep. which they leaned into it in the second season, and mm-hmm. he went Dark Surfer, which was awesome. And I, funny. oh, I, I give this movie a three, by the way, in case we were still. Well, doing we that. were getting in there. I give it a three. Uh, same rating as Fantastic Four. It mm-hmm. just holds a very nostalgic, special place in my heart. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. No, my fanny you, pack. Why are you looking at Ronnie? Literally making eye contact with you, but okay. <laughs> Fant four stick. A spoiler alert one. <laughs> spoiler alert. I can't rate this because I never saw it. You've, yeah, I was going to say, you've never seen it, have no, you? No, because Paul and our friend Sean went <laughs> oh, to go see it, and they so. came back and they said how terrible it was. Yeah. And I went, well, I'm not going to go waste my money on it or my time, even though what it was an hour and a half long. Did you see it in the theaters? Yeah, we did too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't bother. And to be honest with you, watching the trailer didn't even really excite me. The only thing that excited me about wanting to go see it is Michael B. Jordan and Miles Teller. So, quick story about this movie: I was living in Washington D.C. at the time when this movie came out. So I saw this movie, and it sent me into a very bad depression because I was all <laughs> by myself. I saw this movie by myself, and it was just. Oh man, what a train wreck! And it, like like Ronnie said, it had the makings. Michael B. Jordan, like just as he was getting big, Miles mm-hmm. Teller, uh, Miles Teller, who I Josh really like, Josh Trank, 
Josh Trank, who was hot off Chronicle, like super mm-hmm. hot, yep. ready to go. He did Fury. No, wait, I'm thinking Suicide Squad. Chronicle. Uh, he did Chronicle. He also did... Not much. Nothing else. But you had Kate Mara, who I really do enjoy as an actress. And who plays uh, Ben Grimm in this? Give me the name. Uh, Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell, who I had just seen in. Oh, and yeah. I, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed that movie. It, it's another like cheesy... That's another one we'll have to tackle sometime, because that's a that one's a, a shame. That's, that's a movie that should have been a franchise. But anyway. So... I saw a Fant Four Stick when we went to the theater. We knew what we were getting into, so we we didn't have very high expectations. Now, I I actually kind of want to defend the movie a little bit. You'll be so surprised if you to take hear this. this staircase; it'll lead you out of my house. I think that because I appreciated what they were trying to do. He was trying to go into sort of a body horror kind of vibe like a david cronenberg feel to it which i thought was kind of a neat approach to it but i think that the studio just didn't know what to do with it they there was too much studio interference they chopped things up josh trank from what i understand is not a very nice person either so uh, let, let's backtrack really yeah. quick so this movie was marred with production issues mm-hmm. like horrifically they had Josh Trank came on and again hot off Chronicle, but he had no other directing, no, like no. nothing. He had no clout, and this was this movie is 2015. Yeah. So we are deep into the MCU. We're deep into these studios trying to find their franchise. You know, Amazing Spider-Man was trying to do it with, especially Amazing Spider-Man Two, which was coming out pretty mm-hmm. soon after 2017, or no, so Amazing Spider-Man Two was already out or coming out. I don't know. I'm the worst. Don't say it. Edit. Edit. Nope. I'm just going to edit it out. <laughs> Not editing allowed. What are you talking about? I do the editing. But, um, you know, so studios were trying to find it. So the studio wanted to create the franchise, so they wanted the franchise piece. They wanted the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. And Josh Trank was like, no, I want to make my movie. And what happened was they sliced and diced and reshot this movie. Yeah. You can tell the reshoots by Kate Mara's hair. Yep. It is rough there are some times where she is a very dark blonde and then other times she is platinum blondes because of the wigging so josh trank the day this movie came out went on twitter and blasted it senseless he has not had a successful movie since no he, he hasn't had anything he's since. only done one other movie since capone. He did capone with tom hardy yeah and even that wasn't very high but he really hasn't worked <laughs> Because because of this movie, yeah. he was difficult to work with. The cast didn't really mesh with him. He didn't bring out their best performances. It it was bad. I can kind of see it in Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan wears his heart on his sleeve a lot of times. I've mm-hmm. noticed in, when he's on screen, and you could tell when he's into something and when he's really not into something. Yeah. And like this, there was I saw him when he would, he did Fahrenheit four five one with Michael Shannon, and you mm-hmm. could tell he just wasn't into it, and it was a bad film. You know, you obviously he was definitely into. You know Ryan Coogler's a Black Panther, Creed. but with this one, he's—you could see—he's not having it at all, and and it shows. And and the whole movie is just awful. Yeah. yeah, Miles Teller was was passable in it. Like you, you get his motivations. You you get what kind of person he is, how smart he is, and they do a better job showing the intelligence of Sue Storm in this movie. You know, they show her; she's on the computer. She tracks right. down, you know, Reed. Like they show moments of that. I hated. That they for the thing, I, like don't get me wrong. I enjoyed like you know they turn him into a weapon. That's what the government would do, unfortunately. Yeah. And he's bitter and he's you know upset by all of it. But when they use his line, it's clobbering time, 
and it was the line that his brother used to use after like senselessly beating him. I was like, oh, you just took one of the most fun yeah. comic book things yeah. ever. It's a very depressing movie. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of laughter in this one. No. Even the tone is dark. I like Miles Teller a lot, and I, I think he does the best he can here. But part of the thing, too, is that it, it almost seemed like a young young adult, like lit kind of Fantastic Four. You know, for me, Fantastic Four, and that's something I want to talk about when we get into fan casting the next one is Fantastic Four should be like in their 30s or 40s and this was like yes. they were like 22 in this <laughs> they just seemed so young yeah they it were didn't make sense graduate now. students yeah and and the film that it clocked in in an hour 40 just was not I mean I guess that's you know mercy on the audience's part well I mean of... I think the other two were an hour and a half well, just about or so yeah, yeah and that's uh, tracks so. yeah <laughs> so I'm gonna give my Star City rating it's a one and that is being generous. It is. I I've can't, I tried to watch yeah. it again. I really did. It was on Disney Plus, part of their Marvel Legacy stuff. I tried watching. I could not now, do it. I'm going to give it two and a half, but that is because. What, the front door? That is. Paul is reeling. Uh, that <laughs> is because that my fanny of path. the intentions <laughs> behind it. I think it had really great intentions, and it, it clearly had a vision, yeah, and the, it was the trying... Road to, the road to hell had It was intentions. trying something different. Like, don't get me wrong. I would much rather... Like, to watch this again, I think, would be torture. I would much... Even though I gave Silver Surfer a lower score, I would rather rewatch Silver Surfer over this. But it's I give it two and a half because of what they were trying to do, and I appreciate you know the idea of an auteur trying to do something different. I'm st- I'm sticking with it. Ronald, he didn't see it. I didn't see it. I'm, so I'm gonna, zero. I'm going to give it. Agree. I don't know. So... Agree with me. <laughs> All right, so we are we are running a little over, but we do want to talk about where the future of the Fantastic Four is. Because it has been announced. They have announced that they're doing a movie. They've released a logo. They have not released a single detail about it, Mm -hmm. which is fine. I'm okay with it. The less we know sometimes, the better, especially when it comes to Marvel stuff. So there are a lot of theories about how they could be introduced. There have been times in the comics where they just, they're they're around. They've always been around. Uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series did it. Marvel's uh, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes did it, where basically, like, they've been around. They may not be superheroes at the time, but they've always, they've been there. Mm -hmm. So, I know Rob has his, his, what he would like. Go ahead. So, I feel like it shouldn't be like, oh, we know these people. They're on the side. You know, they're just in this corner. Let's bring them over. I think it needs to be introduced in a, a unique way. So I, I actually have an idea here. First of all, I I feel they, they know with the new Wakanda film coming up, and I, I call it that because obviously, you know, Black Panther isn't really in it in, in the way that we expect it to happen. So in the Wakanda film... It would be neat if they started to introduce them there because Black Panther was first introduced in, in a Fantastic Four film, uh, a comic, sorry. And uh, also they were connected with Namor, and Namor is supposedly in the new Black Panther film. So, because they, uh, they're not Atlanteans, what are they? What's, where's they, Namor? No, Namor is actually a mutant and a human. Mutant. I think he, they do have an Atlantis, though. He is. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. So there's rumors that the Wakandans and the Atlanteans are going to be fighting, and that would be neat if Namor somehow introduced them or at least talked about them. So I, I have the opening line ready. This is the last line from... I, this, this was sent to me from Kevin Feige. This is the last line from the 
Black Panther 2 movie. They're talking to Nick Fury. And they're like, we really need a scientist. We need somebody who can help us with this situation. And Nick Fury goes, somebody? I know four somebodies. Oh, God. End credits. Oh, so you mean kind of like what they did in WandaVision? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. For those of you guys but who that's, that's how they introduce them. So here's my idea. Um, the Fantastic Four are scientists and explorers more than anything. I've always got that sense from them. And what better time period to show that than the 1960s space race? So what if the Fantastic Four actually lived in the 1960s? They were part of the space race. They tried all these things. They were all excited. They're, and, and they're all, again, in their 30s, like late 30s, early 40s. And they get into a rocket to blast off and something goes wrong. Now, there's two possibilities. They either get sucked into the multiverse and... Or, even better, I think, they get sucked into the quantum realm. And then they've been stuck there for the last 60 years, unable to get out. And they're not aging either. And then when they get out, it's 2023 or 24, whenever this comes out. Or I guess I guess in the MCU, it's 2026, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. If you want to do the quantum realm, which is, which is a fine idea... They, it should tie into Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm thinking is that they get officially introduced in Quantumania. And, I think they have a lot to juggle in that movie, though, with Kang. Yeah. Maybe. But here's my thought, too, is that you know Kevin Feige said – well, I should say that uh, – I think it was Daredevil that said – and Kingpin, that's one of the two of them, said something along the lines of that they knew they were going to be in these – it was either in Hawkeye or in the Spider-Man movie since, like, 2019. So that means whoever – you know, the Fantastic Four, they already know – how this is going down. They've already Absolutely. got it planned yeah. out. Especially considering people still have a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've discovered too in thinking about this that there's not enough science in the MCU. We need more scientists. We have inventors. We have you know all these yeah. warriors, but we don't have scientists. So introducing Nerds. it in <laughs> introducing it in Quantumania or introducing it in Wakanda there, you know, the idea that they've been stuck somewhere and now we're going to bring them out and... And it would kind of be a neat fish out of water kind of thing with them, you know, being gone for the last 65 mm-hmm. years that they're smart, they're scientists, but they have to adapt to modern, uh, you know, inventions and everything. I, I Internet. I've, I've already, like, we've done the fish out of water stuff with Marvel. With Thor? With with Thor, with, like, even, like, now with Hulk in yeah. Ragnarok, you know, or Bruce Banner in Ragnarok, like, he was but a fish they, out of water. But they wouldn't be fish out of water in terms of, they would just be out of their own time. So the idea, well, like Captain Captain America, America. as soon as I said that, I knew you were going to say that. I mean, they would be even when it comes to science, because think about science back in the 60s versus where we are now, like with technology and all this kind of stuff, like science has changed drastically. And that would be kind of neat. Yeah. So that they can learn from uh, Hank Pym, Mm -hmm. Bruce Banner, Shuri. Yep. But we don't have that many scientists. We... But those are such, only three out of how many And they're characters. such background yeah. people, too. Did you just call the Incredible Hulk and Shuri In terms background? of his their science, yes. <laughs> Sometimes I just like to turn the key on Rod there. But we do have some some casting ideas, yes. things that we, you know. Uh, Maybe everyone give their, their four choices. You have four choices? 
Yeah. I have oh, a, well, no, one, one for each. Oh, I, I guess, yes, yes. So the the fan cast that's been out there for a few years now What's yours? is John Krasinski. Is, is this yours, though? No, this is not. Just do yours. Don't, don't do, do yours. it. Well, I got to bring up the fact that everyone wanted John Krasinski and Emily Blunt in this. Mm-hmm. I'm not for it. I understand it. Trust me. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't see them in it. He gave... Fan four stick two and a half, and then he's saying this, man. Yeah. All right, so what are right. your four? Okay. If you have. I'm sure you do, but. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we go. Ready? I had a couple ideas for for Reed Richards. One, what? And, just, and, and just, th- just your one. If you if you, have, if you were the casting director and you had to cast these people, who's Reed Richards? Dan Stevens. Okay. Now, Dan Stevens, if you don't know him, he was in Legion. He was also in, for you Downton Abbey fans, which I am now a fan of, he was in that. Uh, he, he was in The Guest, uh, Adam Wingard's The Guest, mm-hmm. and uh, he would kill in this. Uh, he, he would be, he's such a good action hero, and he's smart, too. He can, he can pull across, he can pull out the science aspects of it. So he's my da- he's my Ralph Re- Ralph Reed uh, Reed Richards <laughs> Ralph okay. Richards Ralph Reed is the head of Paul. The Christian I do not have any, and I will explain why at the Ooh. end. Really? I do not have any. All right, I guess that's me now. Yeah. Um, Reed Richards. Reed Richards. Now this is a. I would love Krasinski, but I, I'm trying to think of who else I would be okay with. And there's really no one to be honest with you. Like I think he would be. Perfect for the role. So Who, I, John Krasinski. Yes. Why? Why? I feel like he's got the look, and, and that's it. Uh, no, no, no. Go. I, I, he's did a you great see, actor. Did you see A Quiet Place? I did, and I like the fatherly aspects and that, he has. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see that. As, so Reed Richards in the comics is kind of he's a jerk. Like yeah. you know, they they portrayed a little, but. When once he has Franklin, he he changes. Like I just can't see John Krasinski doing science, though. I I think he's an actor. In all honesty, like could we see Robert Downey Jr. doing Iron Man? And, all right, fair and point. that and that brings me to why I don't have a fan casting for this because every like most of the successful Marvel characters were all either complete unknowns mm-hmm. or completely the opposite of mm-hmm. who I was. Chris Evans, I was. Fuming when they cast yeah. him, sure. And then I saw the losers, and I, I think I even talked about it in in our losers episode, which you can find in our archives. That he blew me away as Captain America, and I didn't expect it. I I don't like fan casting anymore because the only fan cast that we really got besides the multiverse fan cast, you can find it on Apple Podcast, Podbean, Spitzer, <laughs> Spotify, Shameless Plug. Yeah, it's my show. So. For me, the only one that they actually did a fan casting for was Benedict Cumberbatch as as mm-hmm. um, Doctor Strange. They lobbied for it for yeah, years. Yeah, really. So for me, I I don't even want to do a, a, a right, potential fine, casting. Then. All right, whatever. fine, whatever. But if out. I had to choose one other than Krasinski, I would probably say you and McGregor. That's a solid choice that I didn't even think about. As How long old as he is can, he now, though? He's forty-five. And then by the and, time and, the and movie comes out, he's going to be almost. 50. Yeah, but he doesn't look it. He looks yeah, great. Yeah. Trains with Tony Horton from Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so right. I think that would be my that would be my Reed Richards if it wasn't Krasinski. Okay. All right. Speed rounds. Sue Storm. Go. Rock. I got three choices actually. Pick one. One. Nope. I gotta give you three. No. Charlize Theron. Nope. Charlize Theron. I think would be great. Samara Weaving. If you've seen Red or not. Just names. Just names. And Jodie Comer from um, the the show. Not the show, but anyway. <laughs> Ronnie, go. Jennifer Lawrence. I thought Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer too. Lawrence. Okay. I could. I could see. I don't know if she would 
I don't think she'd do it. I don't think she would. Well, hold on. I've been hearing she's. They're seriously like going after her. Of course they are. She's an yeah. She she brings clout. I don't think she'd be good in it. No. No, I, I don't think so either. But like, I feel like that would be. I think she's got too much of a stink around her. Yeah. Like she just comes across as too. I mean, I've heard she's great and don't look up, but mm-hmm. well, she, she's she was also just burnt out by Marvel. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Johnny Storm. Rob. Justin Timberlake. I actually kind of agree with that. It's ah! strange. I like Justin. Well, I, I think Justin Timberlake's actually He's a great, great actor. actor. And if we can introduce Harry Styles in, we can have Justin Timberlake. No, not at all. KJ Apa. But I actually have a... I, I, would, I would not say who? no to that one. KJ Apa. Who's that? From Riverdale. Yeah, I'm out. He plays Archie. Andrews, I think he would be a good choice. Another thing I'm, I'm looking at the list is Zac Efron. Which no. I would I would be okay with be okay that. Much of a pretty boy that really doesn't have the acting chops to back it up. Yeah, but I mean that's all you really. I'll need give you. For an, the I'll give you another one. Dev Patel. The, I saw something for Reed Richards for him. him I would Reed be. Richards. I would okay. Be okay if he did either one. Mm-hmm. He. I just saw him in the Green Knight, and he's such yeah. a good actor. I think I actually got to meet him once. Yeah. All right. So ben. last one, Ben Grimm. What do you got? I don't have much for Ben Grimm. Liev Schreiber was a possibility. Okay. There was some like W, like Cage Fighter or something that's also an actor. Not John Cena, though. I know that's a fan cast uh, popular no. one that I saw was actually pretty good. But I don't have a Ben Grimm very much. Other David than Harbour? After Hellboy, I don't really yeah, know. I don't know. Or just because it would be, I think, hilarious because he could make those rocks move. Danny DeVito. Nope. Terry Crews. To bounce the rock packs up and down. <laughs> On a side note, I would love it to see the cast of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I also saw someone uh, fan cast Seinfeld group. Oh, that'd be, that's good, funny too. That'd be a good one, too. Well, that was fun. That was even, might I say, fantastic. Thank you. Yep. Still better execution than when they tried it in Fan Stick. So it's we fan Four stick. It's whatever I call you it. You have to put the T in. I think it's more alliterative <laughs> it's if I more, say fan And stick. it's actually better if we just don't mention it. That's true. So we do have our Fan Feedback Friday. Who is a superhero that would make us better supervillain or vice versa? So we had some we had some fun ones. Thanos was the, was the first Thanos one. Thanos is a good guy. As a good guy. We, we did saw it in What If. Yeah, that's true. Spider-Man is a villain. Wolverine as a villain. That's interesting. Ooh, that, and, and that actually calls back to the Logan era. Thank you. Poison Ivy would make a great superhero. I think oh. she's on her, her way to anti-hero yeah. type status. That would be great seeing yeah. her. I, and her actually, and we're seeing her as the, the good guy, too. What was mm-hmm. that? Seeing Poison Ivy as the good guy, too. That would be interesting. That's what I just said. Because she's she's such a she plays the villain so often. Yeah, but she's on her way to becoming that. That's how they're starting to portray her, yeah. especially her and Harley. Okay. Uh, let's see, Captain America. If he decided to defend America's actions, no matter what, <laughs> not wrong. Two votes for Batman. Uh, the Batman who laughs is a fantastic storyline. Oh. Superman, Injustice. I just watched. Or I'm. I have like 20 minutes left of Injustice, the movie. Solid. Superman and King Shark. I did think about King Shark. Oh, yeah. King Shark is a shark. <laughs> uh, Black Widow. That would be a lot of fun. And Deadpool, obviously. Nobody uh, knows who Deadpool, well, what side he's see, actually on. I would disagree with Deadpool. And say what? And what would he be? Because he's an anti-hero, so he's like a he'd villain, a, he'd be and a he's a villain. good guy, so it's like... Full-on villain. Full-on villain. Full-on villain. Which makes sense because there was there, well there was a trio of comic books called uh, Deadpool, Deadpool kills, kills the, the, the Marvel, Marvel universe. universe yeah yeah well this was a lot of fun 
Ronnie, how are some how are some ways that people can participate in things like Fan Feedback Friday? Knock on the window and say hi. So you can find us on Facebook at the Multiverse Fancast. You can also find our Instagram, the Misfit Faction, as well as our website, themisfitfaction.com, where you will find articles, reviews, our podcast, you know, photos and everything like that, all that good stuff and everything. And then obviously you take us on the go with Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else that you get your listening stations. That was really good, Ronnie. Thanks. So smooth. Well, that is going to wrap us. Stick that in your fanny pack. (laughs) Fun fact, I have a fanny pack. So that's going to wrap us up for tonight's episode. (laughs) As I was saying, as always, I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Fez. Oh, wait. I mean, I'm, I'm Rob. He's Ralph. He is also Ralph. What did you say? Ralph Richards? Yeah. Ralph. Ralph. Richards. I said Ralph Reed, who's the head of the Christian Coalition. Yikes. <laughs> All right. And that's going to wrap us up. And we will be back in a flash. Smorgasbord. See ya.